Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go ahead and be seated. Let's just keep our minds set on his goodness, his love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of problems out there. There's a lot of of things going on out in this world. There's a... It's ugly. It's getting uglier. You know, if I, if I wasn't saved, I, I'd probably be a little anxious. If I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, I'd probably, be, I'd probably be dealing with some fear. If I didn't have like a covenant with God, if I didn't have a bunch of promises, I'd probably be a little bit shaken up on the inside. Come on, if you were, if you were an unsaved person today, yikes. I'd be, in, I'd be in a whole lot of fear about what's coming in the economy. I'd be in a whole lot of fear about, about what happening geopolitically. I don't know about you, but I'm sure I'm glad I got the Lord. I sure am glad the greater one's on the inside of me. I don't know about you, but I sure am glad I have a covenant with the Almighty God. I sure am glad that greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world, and that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I sure am glad I have the mind of Christ, or else I'd be in a whole lot of fear right now. I'd be in a whole lot, there there might be reason for anxiety if you didn't know the Lord. Amen? Come on, the... This world has reason to be afraid, has reason to be anxious, and has reason to, to, to be in worry. But, but then there's us, right? When I say us, this is a believer service, so I'm assuming most of you, if not all, are already a believer. You're already in a covenant with God. Then there's us, and we're like, well, praise God. I have, the, I have a covenant with the Lord, so none of that stuff's going to touch me. Amen. I don't have to be concerned about what this world's up to. I don't have to be concerned about what so-and-so says on, on the news. I don't have to be concerned about food prices and gas prices. And Come on, the Lord's my provider. He made a covenant with me through his son, Jesus Christ. It's an everlasting covenant. He made promises. There's great benefits in the Lord, and I'm not supposed to forget any of his, his benefits. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes if we're just looking at what this world's doing, sometimes that stuff will get inside. And it's not supposed to get inside because we're already supposed to be full of other stuff. Stuff that's substance from not this world. Right? We're supposed to be full of the substances from heaven. You know, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, I don't think that leaves a whole lot of room for anyone else or anything else. Come on. The peace of God residing on the inside of us, this, what this world's up to, has no effect on the children of God. The children of God are exempt 
We're exempt from the things that this world deals with. We're exempt from everything we have a promise on in his word. We're just exempt from all the things, all the negative. Come on, God is a God who foresees it all. He foresaw our day. He didn't like, oh no, I forgot to make, I forgot to give him this one promise. There's like a, there's like a hole in, in, the, in the benefits package. Even if for some reason, I'm pretty sure he could just rewind it and go back and make some promises that would take care of us. Come on, the Lord's so faithful. The way the Lord sees things, it's so, it's so contrary to the, to the carnal world that we live in. You know, there's a, there's, there's a whole lot of voices out there shouting and screaming and trying to, trying to instill fear. And they don't know any better. Most of them are just like, yeah, you probably should be afraid. You know, you're, you're subject to the God of this world. I'm not subject to him. I'm subject to the, to the God of, of heaven. I'm not subject to the enemy. So I don't have to be afraid. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't you, you got your Bibles with you? Got your electronic Bible? Um, Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah 26. Hallelujah. Man, some good worship, good time in the presence of God. You know, just being in his presence, you can just tell, even in the room, it's, it's just lighter than when we started, just it's like the presence of the Lord just brings a lightness and a refreshing like nothing else can, saying about the presence of God. So uh, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So the Lord is not the one who's determining if we're in perfect peace or not. Could, can you see that from that scripture? It's not like it's God, uh, he just hasn't given me peace yet. He just isn't doing his. I'm pretty sure God's good at his job. He's not the one that's failing. If we're not experiencing perfect peace, it's us that's not doing the, the word of God, which is, I'm keeping my mind on him. My heart is set on him. When your heart's set on him, when your mind is set on him, come on, that's be, you start really trusting in the Lord. I'm not, when you put your mind on the Lord, whatever you put your mind on, you magnify. Just like when we started exalting the name of Jesus over, over every problem, we're exalting the name of Jesus. That name's getting bigger to us. That name's just growing on the inside of us. You know, anytime we focus on something, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger to us. We focus on what this world's saying. We focus on problems that we're going through. God's shrinking and our problem's getting bigger. Our peace is slowly dwindling if our mind is not stayed on him. 
our job is to, to remind ourselves, yep, the Lord's, Lord's got me. Anything, anytime you hear a bad report, anytime you hear something bad from someone else, like I don't know about you, but I haven't watched the news in months. It's just all complete, utter, just instilling fear and let's, let's declare every work of the devil. I, don't, I haven't listened to the news in I don't know how long, but I, I do have people that are in my life that do watch the news, so I hear some things secondhand. And I'm just like, when I hear them, I'm just like, well, thank God. Thank God I have a relationship with the Lord. Thank God I know He's going to be my provider. Thank God it's going to, it's going to be okay for me. I mean, hopefully it's okay for you. I mean, you you're, seem like this is a real big problem in your eyes, but in my eyes, it's just not. I, I just got the peace of God on the inside of me because my mind is just... I'm just staying in the, in the presence of God, and I'm just thinking on the promises that he's made me, and all of a sudden, yeah, you can hear a bunch of bad news. It's like, Psh, that, that doesn't affect me. That doesn't apply to my life. I got, a, I got an exempt card right here. <laughs> Covenant with the Almighty God. I have the greater one on the inside of me. He promised me I'd be the head and not the tail. I can go through all the promises. Any situation someone brings up that's negative. Well, so says man, but what says God? Because I'm going with what he says. And if, and if we consider a different word, we're letting the peace that he gave us that is designed to be ours, we're just letting it slip. We're just letting it drain we're just slowly letting the peace of God leak out of us. We should be focused. Minds stayed. Hearts committed. Our hearts being loyal to the Lord. Lord, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in this world, but I know what's going to happen in my life. Your word, your promises are coming to pass. You know, the way the enemy works... Um, getting his will accomplished is very similar to how God, I mean, there's, the method's different. God's a gentleman. The enemy wants to shove, and he wants to take his words and his fear and his thoughts, and he wants to just bombard you with them. But the Lord will invite, and he'll give you a word to believe, and he'll, and he'll give you messages, but they usually don't come unless you're looking for them. Whereas the enemy... He's just trying to throw them in your front of your face because he wants to distract you from, from what the Lord says. And, you know, those words, those thoughts, are designed to accomplish something. They're designed to get someone's will done. The enemy gets his will done in the earth through fear, through using voices that will, will perpetuate fear, and, and he's at work like never before, partly because there's more people probably doing his bidding like never before in certain places of influence. And he's at work getting his message. What's his message? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you full of anxiety. I'm going to get you fearful. I'm going to tell you how bad it's going to be. And he's at work getting his will accomplished 
The same way God, he gives, a, he, give, he gives us a word, we can choose to believe it or we can choose to reject it. And if we reject what he says, then, then his will is, is inhibited in our life. We limit him, like Pastor Mark said on Sunday, we limit the Holy One of Israel by just saying, well, I, well yeah, I know you said that, but da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, you can limit what the devil does, which would be a good idea, right? I mean, Jesus went about destroying the works of the devil, healing all who were, who were oppressed of the devil. How did he do it? Well, he didn't entertain anything the devil said. He didn't let his mind go down the path of, oh, I, oh Peter just spoke that I'm not going to the cross. I wonder if... It's like, no, that's the devil devil get behind me I'm not considering what you're saying I reject your words same way when he was tempted in the desert in the wilderness right I'm just not going to consider what you're going to what you're saying I'm going to counter what you're saying with what the Lord has said what was the what was the devil there trying to do his will he was trying to get Jesus to do his will the Lord's and, and, and the Lord Jesus not, not one time did he succumb to the devil's will. I don't know if you've thought about it like this, but anxiety and fear and worry is participating in getting the will of the enemy done. It's like, Lord, let your will be done in my life, and then I'm full of anxiety, and I'm really... I should be saying what's accurate in my life if I'm full of anxiety and worry. Devil, get your will done in my life. Have your way here. Do what you want with me. If we let fear and we entertain those thoughts, the enemy just gets to do what he wants. We, we are the determining factor in what happens in our life. We are. Why? Because God's promises are unchanging. His promises are rock solid. Jesus said, you build your life on my words and you do what I say, you build your life on the rock. The storms of life are going to come against you and you'll be standing in the day of the storm and the day of trial. But he who hears my word and doesn't do them, he's like a man who built his house on the sand. And the storms of this life and the wind and the waves come and the trials come and great is the destruction of his life. It's like, we have, the, we have, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to protect this house, and I'm going to destroy this house. I'm going to make sure this one's good, and I'm going to, oh, my protection's missing here. He's not the one determining that. He's giving his word to us and saying, are you going to do what, what I said? Are you going to believe me, or are you going to believe someone else? What's your foundation? It determines what your foundation in your life is, Amen. Turn with me real quick to uh, Philippians chapter 4. It's right after Ephesians. If you can find Ephesians. There we go. Philippians 4. If I can find it, that'd be great. Here we go. Philippians 4, verse 6. 
says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, sup- let your requests be, be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So be anxious for nothing is a word that Jesus spoke. I mean, you could say Paul spoke it, but it was uttered, and we know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're, they're on the exact same team. They're not saying anything different. They're saying the same thing. And so you could say that the person who does this verse be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request may be known to God. Anyone who does that scripture is going to experience the peace of God. Well, what if, what if you think anxiety is just a, is a, you know, a medical condition? Well, I just, I just, I, I can't stop it. I have anxiety. Well, then just throw this part of your Bible out and just rip this little thing out. And you, could, you, you, could, you could black it out with a Sharpie if it doesn't apply to you. This word is designed to build your foundation on the rock. This word is designed for us when we do what he says, it really works. Verse 7 And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of who? Is that our peace? I mean, that's the peace of God. I'm just, it says it surpasses all understanding. So clearly it's beyond our ability to comprehend the magnitude of the peace of God. But let's try for a sec. The peace of God. When God has his peace, think about you being in the position of God for a second. You're God. You're in heaven. There's nothing ever that can touch you. There's no problem you can't handle. He's not concerned about dying. He can't die. He's not concerned about lack. He created everything, and he could create more of anything if he wants to. There is absolutely nothing that he's afraid of. He's like in so much peace all the time, we can't even wrap our minds around how peaceful it is to be God. But it's his peace. If we do this scripture, verse 7, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds Come on, you can walk around with the peace of God guarding your heart and your mind. You can walk around thinking, wow, the same peace that says, nothing can touch me. Nothing can even harm me. I can't go without. There's no situation that's too big for me. That's how God thinks. That's his peace. There's no problem that can't be overcome. That peace the peace that's in that situation, that's in us. That's in us. The peace of God, it surpasses any understanding. It surpasses our ability to wrap our little minds around his gigantic peace. We can't even fathom what it's like to to just live in a place where anything 
is possible all the time. And absolutely, I mean, do you think God was nervous when Satan rebelled? Do you think for a second he flinched? Like, oh, oh no, one of the angels. He's a pretty mighty angel. Hopefully we, hopefully we stand a chance here in heaven. Come on. You think that for, that for a second his peace was interrupted. Not for one second was the peace of God even tarnished by probably the greatest rebellion that ever took place, ever will take place. The most things being affected, I mean, that rebellion has led to a bunch of negative things even today, right? All the negative that you see in the world is a result of the rebellion. And God is unfazed. Can I just tell you, you're not ever going to deal with a problem like Satan rebelling against God. You're never going to, any problem we face doesn't even compare to those problems. Yet the peace of God never changes. Yet he was completely, 100% of the time, without worry, without concern. And we can, we can allow the peace of God in our heart to give us the same result. To where it's like, you hear something negative, you get a bad report from a doctor, you hear on the news that there's something bad in the economy, or so-and-so's doing this, or you know, your boss said, Let's say you lose your job. Whatever it is, is it gonna let, are you going to allow it to affect the peace of God that you have? Are you going to be anxious for it? It's up to us. It's up to us. We overcome in every circumstance. You know, you know even, even in like with Joseph, you guys remember Joseph? In the Bible, and there were time there were times in his life where it looked real bad. First of all, they looked like he was about to die. His brothers were going to kill him, and then one of his brothers was like, "Well, let's not go that far. Let's just sell him into slavery, and we'll just say he died." And he gets sold into slavery, and he's now he has a promise from God about being a ruler, and he's got promises from God, and you know. Never in Scripture does it even indicate for a second Joseph is really that concerned. He has to deal with the situation that he's in, but he seems unfazed by it. It's like no matter what comes our way, we can have the same response. I mean, one thing that I've learned just walking with the Lord for the handful of years I've walked with Him, if I... Don't allow myself to be phased by something. That thing turns into something that's not a real problem. Every single time in my life, uh-oh, there's this problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to determine my heart. You know what? I don't think it's that big of an issue. I don't think it's anything that God can't handle. I don't think that it's anything that me and God, we can't overcome. We can overcome this. We can, we're going to see the victory in this. There's, there's going to be a time in my life where this problem is going to be in my rearview mirror. 
And if we just approach those things, if we approach those problems the way, the way God sees them, it'll just keep you in perfect peace. It'll, you know, that's just not letting myself be anxious for anything. I'm not letting myself be concerned about those things. Jesus here in uh, John chapter 14 John 14, 27. He's talking to his, um, his disciples here. And in verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, I'm not just leaving you with peace. He's saying, my peace, the peace that I walk in, I'm leaving it to you. Now, let's say you're a disciple in, in Jesus' time here and you're hearing him say that. You've walked with Jesus for three years. And the amount of peace he walked in was shocking like, they were astonished multiple times about Jesus not freaking out. You guys remember, Jesus was the one sleeping in the bottom of the boat during the storm that they're all afraid is going to kill them. So when Jesus says, it's my peace I'm leaving with you, they're, they're thinking, that's some peace. That's some, like, crazy peace. You're sleeping, like, ah, these waves, they're just great for naps. This, this storm and the howling of that wind, it's like white noise. It just cancels out all you guys yelling and screaming. And this is just napping weather. His peace was something big to them. And he said, I leave it with you. I give it to you. He says, I'm not giving it to you like the way the world gives. The world gives and it takes and the world gives and it wants it back or it uh, has strings attached he said, I'm just giving this to you the same way God just gave us Jesus, which was we didn't have any say in it. He just did it. So when Jesus gave us peace, guess what? We have peace. We have the peace of God on the inside of us. The question is, are we yielding to it? You know, a lot of people are like, I don't. I don't feel like I have the peace. I don't feel like I have peace in me. Well, that's because you're yielding to something different. You're yielding to anxiety. You're yielding to depression. You're yielding to fear. That's why he goes on to say, with, right after he gives, gives them his peace, he gives them a commandment right afterward, right? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's like, well, I thought you gave me your peace. Why do, I, why do you have to say that? If I had your peace, wouldn't, wouldn't I not even have to worry about that? No, you still have to do it. You still have to, you intentionally have to make the decision to let your heart not be troubled. You still have to intentionally make this decision, I'm going to be anxious for nothing. I'm, I have to make the decision intentionally, this problem that's presenting itself in my life, I'm not going to be concerned about it. I'm not going to let myself be worried. I'm not going to let myself get anxious 
I have God. And if he's for me, better watch out being against me. You better be careful being against me. He's for me. I don't think you want to be against me, problem. Devil, you sure you want to do this? Remember the last few times you came against me? Remember the results of that? Yeah, God got glorified and your head got stomped on. <laughs> it's going to happen again, are you sure? I think when sometimes the enemy was attacking Jesus and trying to do things against Jesus, some of it was like, ah, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing the devil's thinking this, I don't know if we do this one, guys. I don't know if we got it in us to make it through another stomping. Come on. If you have this mentality, you're really going to make the devil think twice about trying to come against you. Okay, bring it on, devil. We know what's going to happen. I already know the outcome. We're going to overcome. We're going to see what God said come to pass. His life is going to overwhelm. It's not going to be death. Death ain't got no, no place in me because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And if we take that approach, it just does really work. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's like, well, what about, you know, cancer? What about, you know, those, those really bad... What about those people in Africa who have... Not, I've had people ask me that before. Well, you know, you believe God that he wants to be your provider and wants to bless you. And want, It's like, what about those people in Africa that don't have anything? I'm like... Well, let's just take the word of God and throw it out then because his promise that anybody who would believe, we can just say, doesn't apply to, to everybody. If people in Africa can't do it, then that word is just utterly wrong. And then you can't trust anything that the Lord says. You probably shouldn't even trust him for your salvation. I mean, you're trusting him for your salvation based off of what? His word. That's why you're trusting that you're not going to hell. Right? I mean, that's a big deal. But what evidence do you have that you're not going to hell? It's all you got. I mean, unless you're filled with the Spirit and then you got the Holy Spirit, that's some good evidence too. But it's His word. It's His promises those are the things that cause our hearts to not be afraid. It's, it's everything that he said. It puts our mind at ease. And it just puts perspective to every situation. If, if, I'm, if I'm afraid and I'm in fear for something, I have the wrong perspective of the situation. It's never appropriate for a believer, for someone who walks with God, someone who's got a covenant with the Lord, it's never appropriate to respond in fear to anything. You know, unbelief in Scripture is a very serious sin. It kept the Israelites out of the promised land for 40 years. Unbelief is the one thing that you see being rebuked by Jesus over and over and over again. 
Like, if we're not going to believe his word, it's, it's how we get all of the things that he's, he's, he has for us. Everything that Jesus paid for on the cross, which it's a huge list. All those things come by us saying, your word says it, so it's true. You know, in just praying earlier, earlier today, this thought came up in, in my mind of, of people who say, well, you know, I'm just not really strong in faith. I just got, I just got some unbelief going on. And, it's, and, and I would say this, that if that's your confession on a regular basis, first of all, just, just go ahead and just pause on that confession for a while. Because the Bible says that every man's been given the measure of faith. Second, it's a serious condition to just say, eh, I, just, I just don't really, I don't really believe. I have a hard time with believing that whole thing. That's a serious condition. I mean, it's more serious than, than like, you know, I just am committing adultery a lot. Can I tell you? From God's perspective, it's a bigger deal. Your unbelief of his word is a bigger deal. It might, it might change the whole adultery thing if you can believe God. You know, I, you know, I just, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with, I just have murderous tendencies. <laughs> can I tell you? Saying, I just, I just have a hard time believing. It's worse in God's eyes. The Bible doesn't say that it's impossible to believe, it's impossible to please God except living righteously. The Bible doesn't say that it's impossible to please God without making sure you're doing everything you're supposed to. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith. It's a big deal to Him. Why? Because it accesses everything that you need. Any other problem, even overcoming the murderous tendencies or whatever else you might be dealing with, it requires you believing God and accepting what he says is true. So, so don't play with that thought anymore. <laughs> Get that thought out of your mind. No, from, from now on, no, the Lord said that I got the measure of faith. I can believe God. He didn't make me different from anybody else. He didn't make me inadequate. He didn't, he, it's not his fault. I can believe what God's word says. If I can believe God that he died for my sin, that he forgave me on the cross, I can believe God for this situation to come out the way he said it was going to come out. I can believe God for his promise in my life of healing, of provision, of peace, of joy, of every situation that I find myself in. I can believe God for that the same way I believe him for my salvation. It's just his word. And I don't need anything else. So if you're going to say, I have a hard time just believing, then, well, hopefully you're going to heaven. 
right? Like, hopefully that whole believing Jesus was raised from the dead is still working in you. Because if it is, that's the, axe, that, that's the starting point to having faith in everything he says.